I would do anything to be objectified right now. <gasps> what? Taylor, how could you? You anti-women, meanie women hater, women basher, anti-pussycap lady. What? Okay, first of all, have you know, this actually wasn't me who said these very words. It was someone who is iconic, okay? A friend of mine who gives no shits, is hilarious and truthful, has actually been on this podcast before. So choose your own adventure. Okay, this is a conversation that went down in our DMs. And honestly, ladies, can I get a little bit of an amen? Like how much right now would you love a politically incorrect, you know, objectification moment? You know, you're nothing. You are only good for your tits and ass, girl. Or, you know, a, a politically incorrect joke at the expense of women, right? Like women can't drive, yada, yada, yada. Women shouldn't vote, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm actually half joking, okay? You're like, what? What is happening here on this journey of the ages? By the way, welcome back to Cancel Me Baby. I miss you and I want to kiss you. And I sent you a message in a bottle. But if you didn't get it, if the Christopher Columbus-esque bottle Ooh, politically incorrect, pun intended. Didn't voyage and make it your way. I'm sending you my love. And here we are with a new episode, okay? So why am I talking about jokes made at the expense of women or statements or passes, you know, whatever you want to call it, anything that wouldn't be deemed appropriate or acceptable these days? Why am I bringing that up? And how the hell does it have to do with the Dave Chappelle? And his new special that has people crying, crying a river harder than Justin Timberlake. Okay. That's what Brittany will do to you. That is the spell she'll put on you and make you her slave, bitch. But why? Why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because before I get to Dave Chappelle, I just want to establish one thing. And that is that at this point in time, we know that I... Taylor Ferber, you know, crazy as she may be, I do not mind. I actually encourage jokes at my expense in arenas where I have an experience of being, if you want to call it, you know, a minority or in the past, you know, suppressed group, i.e. women. Although we don't, you know, these are, these are hard to come by these days because everybody is so scared, you know, the Weinstein effect has taken it there. Like nothing period can be said or done these days. Cause it is taken to that extreme level at first glance, at first breath, at first talk. Right. And as a Jew, right. Don't mind a Jew joke. Like I don't care. Hit me with your best shot. Okay. I talked about this. If you remember with David Yontef of the velvet rope, in our episode a couple of weeks ago, because he talked about how he, as a gay man, as a Jew, same exact thing. He's like, take all the hits in the world more than your biggest stoner friend, like more than any of Seth Rogen extravaganzas combined. Take them all because it doesn't bug me. It doesn't bother me. Like I welcome it. I just personally don't get offended. Now, there's a reason I say this, and it's because there are people in the, there are people giving David Chappelle, David, oh, we just got so, so cordial and professional. 
Dave Chappelle, we're on those terms now, major heat for his closer special on Netflix, namely from the trans community, because they're saying his jokes and his entire set is transphobic and causes harm and perpetuates stereotype and even stereotypes and even called for Netflix to remove the special. Like it has been a whole brouhaha, okay? And you know, in this episode, I'm not just gonna sit here for half an hour and jerk off and praise David <laughs> Chappelle. I'm not just gonna sit here and praise Dave Chappelle because number one, that is just expected, okay? It just leaves no room for adventure or fun. And, you know, that's just what is, people are going to expect me to do. So I'm going to take it somewhere different as usual, okay? I could easily do that, but you know how I feel about it. I mean, I loved the special. I re- And I especially loved the last 15 minutes of it, okay? But the reason I set up the whole beginning is because I'm establishing here that I, I, I'm not a trans person, So I'm not dictating, you know, you have to feel this type of way or you have to feel this certain way, but I am establishing that I, Taylor Ferber, again, am okay with jokes made at my expense and my, you know, groups, if you want to call it or whatever, you know, experience it, whatever it may be. Okay. Now, what I loved about Dave Chappelle's Closer is that it actually had such a great, it took an unexpected turn. He basically, he does, he makes jabs at and jokes about, you know, trans people and, you know, men who transition and have like an Adam's apple and the jawline, right? Like the physicalities and all that. But the arc of this whole like journey is about his friend. There's going to be some spoilers here. Maybe, maybe not about his friend Daphne, who was trans and who was a hilarious comedian and who he had open for one of his huge, you know, one of his most iconic shows. And he talks about how it takes a turn, right? But he talks about her as a human and her experience and this whole thing. I kind of don't want to give it away because it is like telling a little kid that Easter Bunny and Santa Claus or in an incestual relationship and or don't exist. But the point is it has a very heartfelt kind of like bridge that you're not expecting and then an ending. And he even goes as far as being self-deprecating about himself and acknowledging the fact that people are going to call him transphobic because he's like, you know, me, Dave Chappelle, I'm not even going to go near a trans person because I'm so transphobic and so scared of them, right? That whole idea. And he also says that he's made jabs and jokes about the whole trans issue in the past. And he says, these people who give me backlash aren't really listening to what I'm saying. They're not really listening. They're just so quick to, you know, you know, those things in Austin Powers where they hit the button, they fall back and the sharks eat them. Do that to him. Okay. Do that to him. And so I have to say, I mean, number one, the people who are calling for this to be removed, you miss the whole point of the standup and clearly didn't listen. Like he said, he says that the whole point in comedy is you're supposed to punch up, not punch down, AKA don't punch down on people who are already have disadvantages and who get shit on and who are hurt, right? Like why you got to kick the little guy when he's down that idea. But he talks about how his friend Daphne, okay, I'm going to give the spoiler, trick or treat, it's just going to happen, okay? 
he talks about how his friend Daphne to him was first and foremost. He's like, I don't know what the trans community did for her, but I know that, you know, to me, she, she was my people and that she was a comic. So when he came under fire for something that he did, she took to Twitter to defend him and say, he doesn't punch up. He doesn't punch down. He punches jokes or punches lines or something like that. And he's a master of his craft. And she got so much shit. A couple of days later, he reveals that she committed suicide. He says, I don't know if it's related to what happened on Twitter. I can't imagine that that helped, but he ends it with this like, damn, it just leaves you. And he's talking to the people, right? Even people in the trans community who went after her, who go after him. And he says, stop punching down on my people. Meaning, you know, a comic to him or someone who has a different point of view or someone who goes against the grain, even if it's one of their own, a trans person like Daphne. So that's why I say the people who want this shut down didn't even hear his message. Number one, number one, there's that. So he's right. He's like, they're not even listening. Right. But the reason that I disagree that these, that this should be pulled is because it just has the opposite effect in my mind, right? If we can't even, number one, joke about a certain group, but take it a step further, right? Like have an opposing thought or a thought outside like the orthodox box that the mainstream wants, people are going to resent and resist that group even more and be like, oh my God, we can't even make a joke. And that to me is 10 times more harmful. I mean- this stand-up, like, is it real? I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trans, so I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for them, but is it really quote perpetuating harm and stereotypes? The whole thing was basically an ode to his deceased comedian trans friend. So that's where we're getting ourselves in a bind. And the way that this whole thing unraveling is unraveling is so fascinating because Again, it's an example of the woke falling in on itself, right? So many pieces I read were saying that Dave Chappelle, a black man, was using vehicles like white supremacy and is hurting minorities. And I'm reading it going, he is one. He's one that you were defending five seconds ago, right? And again, it's like going in on this poor woman for standing up for him. It all just continues to not make sense and fall in on itself. So there's that. I think we have to, we have to be able to joke. We have to be able to joke and we have to be able to allow opposing thoughts. This isn't 1984 newsflash. Okay. Thank God for that. But actually it is. So like, fuck us all. So the thing that he talks about too, in his standup is how Daphne would cackle at jokes about trans people. And what got me thinking about this, kind of what I was saying earlier in the beginning, right? Jokes at our own expense. But I read a great piece. I talk about him a lot, but the one Andrew Sullivan, he is, to give you a little context, he used to be a big time uh, columnist at um, New York Magazine, I believe. And he is one of the people who went rogue and quit once everything got Whoa, because he was like, can you please stop telling me for the love of God, what to say? I hate you. So he is like a little context. He is a gay man, but he hates wokeism. He hates Trump. Uh, and he defends, you know, 
biological sex oftentimes because it's also like here's a little sidebar I, it got me thinking about him because he's like he basically he, he writes an amazing essay on this and he says anyone who even makes an observation about reality or biological sex is automatically transphobic just like how if you make any sort of observation about race you're a racist right it's like that idea and it got me thinking too as far as everything falling on itself like to his point, if there's no such thing as gender, then why celebrate gay people or lesbians? Because they're attracted to people of the same sex. But if sex and gender are illusion, are an illusion and not a thing, like what is the point? It's like we're all just objects, like making out. Like you see what I mean? It all just falls in on itself. But what he says that was so strong to me is how he supports Dave Chappelle. And he's like, I watched this stoned off my ass with my homo friend. Yes, he says homo friend. And he says he laughs the hardest at jokes about gay people because he also Dave Chappelle makes shots at gay people too. He's like, I miss old school gays who had thick skin and a backbone and a hard dick for each other. Like what a time, you know? And he writes this line and it really stuck with me. And it made me think about what I was talking about in the beginning. And he says, the way the elite media portrays us, you'd think every member of our community is so fragile. We cannot handle, we cannot laugh at ourselves. It doesn't occur to them that for many of us, Chappelle is a breath of honest air doing what every comic should. And he talks a lot about how the media is, for, and it's not just the media guys. Yes, it's entertainment, but it's also, it's schools. You're seeing it happen, you know, in universities, you're seeing it happen in fields across the land, okay, this dreaded land. But he says, this is also what really sticks with me. He says, assuming marginalized people cannot tolerate humor at their own expense is as dehumanizing as assuming they have no agency in their lives. I mean, really soak that in and think about it for yourself, whatever it may be. If you're black, if you're indigenous, if you're gay, if you're whatever it is, if you're a woman, right? Can you handle a joke at your own expense? And if anything, I bet you laugh even harder because like Andrew Sullivan saying, it's sort of like, we got to laugh at ourselves. It's sort of like a breath of like relief, right? And, and or release. So something that had me thinking about this is if you remember, listeners of my show may remember this, but my Morgan Freeman experience, my Morgan Freeman experience. And if you've heard the story again, well, too bad, bitch. My Morgan Freeman experience happened when I first moved to LA and I was wearing like cut up jeans that would make any Hollister and Abercrombie love child jumping for joy. They had rips. They probably had the Abercrombie fetch scent or whatever the hell. Oh, fierce, fierce. Okay. Fierce scent. Okay. I was going the whole way. And I was sitting right next to Morgan Freeman in this press, basically like a baby mini press conference while he was promoting a movie, basically sitting on his lap. Okay. Speaking of Santa and he was looking at them like, I think this girl just left the house 
without half of her pants. You know, kind of how my own grandparents would make fun of me and be like, are your pants missing? Right? Because they're like, what happened to poodle skirts and that whole thing? No, but they're like, what is going on there? It was like that. It was not at all creepy. It was not at all inappropriate. It was hilarious because he was like, those are very interesting. What is happening? So before he left, I got part of the interaction on video. You can see it hit up YouTube. What a time. And I say to him, Morgan, is there something you want to say about my pants? And he like looks dead in the camera. He looks at me. He's like, wear them, baby. High fives me. Everyone is screaming, cheering, you know, having a rowdy time. But then there was also, also before the no fun club, this was like the leader of the no fun club before it really, you know, convened this woman. She didn't like this interaction. She was probably a middle-aged woman and she did not fancy the jeans, Morgan Freeman, journey of a lifetime experience. So what did she do? She went to the heads of Paramount. That was the studio that the event was for that day and essentially told on me and him. It's like, who me too to who? I don't even know. I don't know if she knew, but she basically said, you know, she was inappropriate because she elicited this thing. And then he was inappropriate because he made a comment, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Meanwhile, it's like, I'm the one who was involved. Do I get a say? Hello? Okay. Cut to when Morgan Freeman, a couple of years after that, was accused of me too being people. And this publication called The Blast contacted me because this woman there was in the room when it happened. The Blast is kind of like a knockoff TMZ. And they said, we want to run a story on what happened with you. I said, Godspeed, you know, have a good time. So they wrote a piece and it said, female reporter objectified, openly objectified by Morgan Freeman. They showed the video, the whole thing. And so what do I do? Like a game of wizard's chess. I take to write my own op-ed in Playboy. And what I say is, if I was okay with the experience, if I had a great time, who are you to tell me that I'm any kind of victim, that I'm any kind of me too? No. You don't tell me, I tell you. And this is the problem with this entire thing. Say Daphne, Daphne, the trans woman is cracking up right at Dave Chappelle and other trans people in her community are like, no, you can't. No, you can't find that funny. You can't. Here's another example of this. Okay. It's like, we're dictating everyone's behavior and we need to knock it off. Here's another example, because we know hot off the presses is the one, you know, Chris Columbus. And I'm not going to get into the weeds of this whole bitch, but I thought this was interesting and kind of in the same vein, right? Because this is like, of course, like everything, such a divided issue, like, holy shit, holy shit. I really wish I took Xanax, but I'm not, I'm not, no such luck over here. Padma Lakshmi, she's the top chef host. And she also hosts this other really super successful show, a la Anthony Bourdain. She posts on Instagram, this jab at Christopher Columbus, because now you know the whole story. Like it's split, divided, up in arms, get rid of it, making it, make it indigenous people day, yada, yada. So Padma posts this thing that's basically on Instagram and it's like, throw every statue of him into the ocean, let that bitch sink and make him think he discovered the Atlantis, whatever. Make him think he discovered Atlantis, ta-ta, bye-bye. And then she writes like, happy indigenous people day. And I went through the comments, which is fascinating. And then this one woman comments and she's like, I'm an indigenous person. Like, can we not, like, can we just move on kind of thing, right? Like, why are we dwelling on the past? And she gets 
blasted, of course. And I thought the same thing. And she even says, she's like, so you're going to tell me you a non-indigenous person, you're going to tell me an indigenous person how to feel about this. And it's that idea. And that you guys is what got Chris Harrison in the doghouse, If you remember, because this motherfucker is over here to a white man to Rachel Lindsay being like, Rachel, who are you? Who are any of us? Like, who are you a black woman to judge a white woman for going to this, you know, old South, you know, racist party in college with racist undertones. And she's like, Gee, I don't know, me, a black woman, right? That's where he got in so much trouble. Okay, so yes, moral of the story that Chris Harrison had to learn the hard way is stop telling people how to feel about their own situations and experience. I don't think it worked out well for him. I mean, he is probably, you know, raking in some sort of like NDA multi-million dollar deal, but that's not the point people because his reputation is lost at sea. Okay. With the remains of Chrissy Kalam. Now there's a push and pull now going on, right? Because you have the head of Netflix who's not caving. He's defending Dave Chappelle and he's not pulling the, the program who says program anymore. I do a 100 year old, nor should he. But what happened was there's a trans woman, a trans white woman at Netflix. And I think a couple other people who basically she's the, this one woman I'm talking about, she's the showrunner of dear white people, which is also hilarious to me because you have a white woman as a showrunner of dear white people, a show about black people, like explaining their experience to white people. But anyhow, anyhow, we're not going to get trapped in this maze of wonderland. Okay. But she basically boycotts and says, you know, I don't want to work here anymore. I think I'm talking about the same person. Either way, all you need to know is people at Netflix were boycotting saying this needs to be pulled. And it's all like weird, this push and pull, should it be pulled? Should it not? Right and wrong. Da, 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 da. And I also find it really funny too. Well, not funny, but kind of interesting how she even says like, this needs to get pulled because, you know, what he's saying is really dangerous. And I'm like, okay, you, you've run the show, dear white people. And you're over here though, calling a black man's free speech dangerous. Ha again, none of it makes sense. Okay. But I'm glad that Netflix didn't pull it. I was like, these bitches better not. Okay. Because here's why, and I talked about it earlier, but we need this comic relief for our fucking functioning society. And how interesting is this? Yes, I did my homework today. Yes, even on a holiday, arguably, you know, controversially a holiday, maybe, maybe not yesterday, but I did my homework on a non-school day yesterday. And I wanted to tell you how fascinating I found this, okay? The origin of politically incorrect humor comics, right, were from two men specifically who were minorities, okay, a Jew and a black man. 
what does this say? So I read this essay from this woman who is like, she is living, breathing, sleeping comedy. This bitch is like writing dissertations on it, is studying it, is doing Morse code about it. Like she's all, she is, it is, it is life for her. Okay. So she writes this essay. I'm going to pop it up on the screen here. It's called, I think it's a couple years old. It's called how the marginalized invented politically incorrect comedy. And she talks about how on TV, namely, it was like cookie cutter, you know, Stepford Wivesy, 50s family friendlies. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, Teddy, you know, vanilla jokes, right? With like Johnny Carson and all that shit. Okay. And then who comes along? So in 50, in the 50s comes this man. His name is Lenny Bruce and he's a Jew. He's the one who like really busted the door open and was like, fuck this shit. Okay. He made jokes about religion, about sex. He had a stand up called Tits and Ass brings it back to earlier. Am I right? Okay. About race. He had a stand-up called how to relax your colored friends at parties. And then a decade later, later, you've heard the name comes Richard Pryor, right? The black comedian who again, busted the door down was totally politically incorrect. Talked a lot about race, um, anti-police, all that kind of stuff. Think about all of the things that they paved the way for now. Like through the years, all of the inappropriate, imagine if we were still that like cookie cutter, you know, quote comedy, literally nothing would be funny. Everything would be every late night show we currently see boring. I don't even chuckle. I don't even giggle once. Okay. Everything would be that. But she talks about how important comedy is and was because that's the point of comedy. And I know people say this a lot, but let's not forget the whole point is to make people uncomfortable, to air out like how awkward society is and to shine a light into the dark crevices that we're otherwise afraid to, that are taboo, right? And a lot of times at our own expense. When you think about it, I mean, even Lenny Bruce, it talks about in the article how he often use, you know, racial slurs as a way to sort of like defuse them and give them less power and give them less weight. Imagine now he would 100% be called a racist, right? It's the same thing as Dave Chappelle. He is clearly not transphobic. Okay. And an example of this too is all in the family, all in the family. Do you guys come on, brush up on it, check up on it as Beyonce would say, okay, Archie Bunker, the lead character in this iconic show and Archie Bunker was created by Norman Lear. And by the way, this sweet old man, he's a white man, sweet old man. I actually met him at an event honoring him just before the shutdowns happened in LA. And like, what a sweet little old man he was like shorter than me in real life, if you can believe it, but like living icon, living icon. And even Hollywood who is as uptight and woke and politically correct as it gets, had this event to honor him, right? To cheer him on and applaud him. That's how important his work, like all in the family was. Now, Archie Bunker is a character who on every, in every sense of the word, he is racist, he's misogynistic, all these things. But at the same time, you kind of love him. Now, is Norman Lear, the creator, actually racist and misogynistic? Plot twist, no, right? Kind of that same idea as these comics. This character is created to show, like make a point about society in a way that's not gonna make us, you know, 
resist or be like, ugh, or, or be like, ugh, cringe. It's in a way that actually gets into us, makes us think and leaves a real impact, right? This man is, is clearly not a racist, like making this social satire about this racist, misogynistic man. That is something that we have completely lost now because what's happening is that we've now blurred the line where everything that is somewhat politically incorrect in comedy, which is what it's meant to do for aforementioned reasons, is seen as like straight up bullying, you know, being just cruel and mean. There's a difference. These people aren't saying, oh, this group of people are disgusting and awful and we should all go, you know, sock them in the face in the streets. No, we can't keep blurring this line. It has gotten so out of hand. And think about all of the jokes that are at one's expense, like self-deprecating, that are so iconic. I mean, you can't really call this iconic yet, although I believe it is. It's been out for like 48 hours. But say Kim Kardashian's SNL monologue right? Gorgeous. It's all gorgeous. I got to say it, but she makes so many jokes at the expense of herself and her family. She talks about how many failed politicians have been in her family, like Caitlyn Jenner and Kanye. She jokes about how, you know, uh, Chris Jenner, you know, introduced her to her first black man, OJ Simpson. Then she's making jokes about OJ Simpson. Like, is he a killer? Is he not? All these things talking about Caitlyn Jenner, oh, her own sex tape, her plastic surgery, right? Making jokes at her own expense. Right now it's spooky season, okay? Everybody and their mom, as they should be, should be watching Scream because it's on goddamn repeat every five seconds of the day. Thank God, talk about an iconic classic. And we have a new Scream coming out. Watched the trailer today. We love it. I will be partaking in that experience, hopefully, because we love a Scream moment. But I was watching Scream 2 the other night, and I loved how they didn't care about making fun of themselves. And I'm not saying, calm down, okay? I'm not saying that examples like these are as hardcore as talking about, like, race, religion, et cetera, gender, you name it. Although, is gender an illusion? Like, I don't know. It depends on who you ask. But- I was watching the sequel and I don't know if you remember, but there's a whole opening sequence when they're sitting in class, the high schoolers, and they're literally have this entire exchange about how shitty movie sequels are and how they never make sense. Self-deprecation. Okay. Here's my favorite example of all time. I know every single word. It is my Bible. It is my Messiah. Okay. It's my Buddha is white chicks. White chicks, I can recite every line, okay? Because the whole thing is making fun of how ridiculous white girls are. So I ask, can you take a joke that is aimed at you, my friend? Now, I'm going to bring it back to the beginning because sometimes I think about, and I use this card often, I kind of fall into this. I don't know if it's a trap, but it's, we've gotten to this place now where the more like minority quote groups you fit into, the more leeway and agency and clearance you have, right? So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can say this stuff because I'm a woman, because I'm a Jew, because I'm for, you know, I've said this, but first generation American on one side, my mom immigrated here. That's an arguable one because- you know, Italians aren't like they, you don't forget though, back in the day, back in the day, we dealt with our fair share of shit in this country, but now we're like the cool kids, but 
don't forget. Okay. So that one's questionable, but regardless, I think about it and I'm like, oh, well I can say all this stuff because I checked this box, this box, and this box, you know, David, who was on a couple weeks ago, gay, Jew, et cetera. Right. And it's like, we can say all these things. So it leaves me thinking it's like, okay, so basically is I've talked about it before, but it's like the victim or the like minority Olympics. So it gives us permission. So then our white men ultimately just fucked and can't make any observation about anyone at all, period blank. Because we all know everyone can take shots at white people as men, uh, you know, as much as they want, which like who, who, as aforementioned, who fucking cares? But my point is, are we getting to a place now where we can only make jokes and observations and have opinions about our own groups? Like, can Dave Chappelle only make jokes about men and about Black people then by that logic, right? It's like the more you have, it's like it's like army stripes or something. It's like some sort of, you know, badge of honor. And the silly thing is, it's things that we can't even control, you know, what we look like, what we were born into. So that whole thing is sad and fascinating at the same time, because I feel like white men, I guess you're just screwed, especially straight, straight white men. Like you are just screwed. My friend, you cannot say anything ever period. I mean, it's honestly, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Now this gets me to my last point is that the sad part about all of this, whether it be Dave Chappelle, whether it be Chrissy, not Tegan, Chrissy C, Chrissy Columbus. Okay. I like keep nicknaming this man and like, it's just kind of silly. Okay. By the way, I don't have ties to this man one way or another. Like I am not kept up at night being like this man's holiday needs to be eradicated. And I'm not up at night being like, he is the best guy. I know like it's okay. The whole thing is gets getting me to where I'm at now which is what's happening and what scares me is that it feels like there's two groups and we have two completely different ideas. My microphone is getting involved in this shit because it's invested. We have two totally different ideas of what progress is, right? So you have the people who want to, you know, eradicate Columbus Day, who want to take down Dave Chappelle's special, who are in their mind thinking that what they're doing is progress, But then you have people, I don't want to say on the other side, so to speak, but then you have people like the Bill Mars or like what I do on this show who are going, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. This is progress. We're going back so many years because we, first of all, the stuff I mentioned today, Richard Pryor, all in the family, all of this stuff, we're going more than backwards. Okay. That's how damaging all of this is. We can't even get away. Not only are we going backwards, but we can't even get away with the stuff that they did then, right? But we're going backwards because we are crucifying people who either don't speak up about something or speak up or make a joke or they mess up or don't do it right. So no one wants to speak up or joke about anything at all. How is that progress? And in terms of the holidays, it's this idea of, you know, in my opinion, harping on the past and sort of course correcting versus celebrating. We're not in that place anymore. Let's keep it moving. Let's go forward instead of kind of, like I said, harping on the past. And that's what I try to do with this show 
kumbaya, my people, kumbaya. To me, what we do here is real progress. That is progress. And isn't it kind of spooky? Speaking of, yeah, spooky season, how it's switched. Progress now is fighting for different thoughts and opinions and jokes and uncomfortable, awkward conversations to be heard. Not you have to fit in the school of thought or else. Like how the roles have reversed, how the tides have changed. I don't know why I'm on this ocean theme today. It must be some Freudian Columbus shit. I don't know. A sad example of this, and I posted about this on my Instagram today. I read an article about how flags in schools like BLM and LGBT rainbow flags are getting banned because school systems are saying they're too political. And this is exactly what I've been trying to talk about on this show. Since the land before time, I'm blue in the face. I'm a smurf. Someone help me. But this is what I've been trying to say is that if we are constantly forcing things on people at every turn and not only forcing them, but punishing them, if they don't get it right, if they don't say things a certain way, or if they do say things, but in their mind, it's out of line or it's harmful or it's hurtful, you're going to get a backlash of now this shit happening, which is we don't even want to support it, period because it's become too political, right? That's what I was saying earlier. It becomes this like resistance and resentfulness, like, oh, no, thank you. And that's not what we want. They should be, the rainbow flag should be flying high and mighty, my friends, high and mighty. So it has the opposite effect of what we want. And I ask you, is that real change? Hallelujah, amen. Is that to you real progress? I mean, really think about that. I feel like people could like an who does isn't familiar with my work because often on my like on my show I'll talk about fun politically incorrect things in the past as if I'm living in the past because it was better there. No, but I'll post about things all the time that wouldn't fly anymore, you know, like scenes from 90s movies and all these kind of things being like, what a time to be alive, you know, American Pie or scary movie. And I could see where people are like, is this girl living in the past? She clearly just like wants to be a dinosaur and, you know, doesn't want any change. And in fact, honey pie, it is the exact opposite. Like I'm putting my neck out on the show on the D, not on the dick, on the daily in order to fight for these actual joking and conversation and airing it out and understanding each other and moving forward, not punishing people to happen and to be made. Because let's be honest, it's again, how the tides have turned. It's so much easier these days to just be woke and be politically correct and fall in line and be in that school of thought than to not, than to go against it, than to push for, you know, freedom of our thoughts for crying out loud. That's when you think about it, it's like, what side in hindsight, what side, I hate to say sides because I know we're all so divided and like, want to just be in an ocean and never come out, but it's easier to just be woke. So which one are you going to fight for? and beyond. And I ask, I ask you ladies, I ask you gays, I ask you black folk or trans folk or whoever it is in the name of true progress. Can you take a goddamn joke?